No, not at all. The storms were farther north uh, here for January, which is, uh, it's in the 70s, so we're almost like Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, that is awesome. Well, you know, Nathan, it was a little bit of a scare, right, for what they were predicting for the New York area, and we're so thankful that it wasn't as bad as they said, right? Yeah, yeah, two feet or so, and uh, it was much farther north where I guess they're used to getting it. You know, my wife was commenting, Nathan, and also my daughter, and they said, what is going on with this weather, right? And uh, you and I know that a lot of it has to do with what the Bible has to say in terms of where things are going. <laughs> Amen, brother. One of the signs of the times is an increased disturbance in weather patterns and natural disasters as we get closer to Jesus' return. And the world tries to explain it away with global warming or other such things, but we know that Jesus is shaking up the earth and he's telling us, get ready, I'm coming back. <laughs> that's absolutely, and that's why we stick to the Word of God to look at what's really going on. But we do keep these individuals in prayer, Nathan, because it is a, a challenge, you know, when these kind of things happen and uh, uh, the tragedies that are, are associated uh, with uh, these crazy uh, weather uh, patterns that we're having. But I'm so glad that your weather in Texas is similar to the one here in Florida because we really get to enjoy it a little bit. Oh, yes. I, I keep looking back to this time last year when I was, got the pleasure of visiting you guys down there in Miami and, and just thinking how amazingly a, a paradise Miami is where you live and how much so I think during the Millennial Kingdom when Jesus returns, like, the whole world would be Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. Yes, we're very thankful, Nathan. I'm also very thankful to have you on today's program. I'm so excited. And Nathan, as I oftentimes ask you every week, if you're able to share a little bit about your ministry, maybe contact information and any special events, in case those are watching or listening, in case they find themselves in the Texas area, they can check out what's going on with Lemon Lion. Certainly. Uh, well, I am Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the sin return of Jesus Christ. And in that fact, uh, folks can check us out at our website, lamblion.com. And on lamblion.com, they can watch our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which, of course, is on 17 other networks around the world. Check out our articles, uh, Facebook group, uh, blog, sign up for your newsletter, uh, dis- uh, discussion groups on our social networks. Just, yeah, if you want to grow in your understanding of God's prophetic word, then check us out at landline.com. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And we're going to encourage those of you that are watching us live, you can check that out there on the big screen. Make sure you make your way over to their website. And Nathan, I also noticed you have a, some wonderful conferences coming up. Uh, you do your, your conference every July, I believe, right? And um, look at here's America, uh, the beautiful the United States in Bible prophecy. Can you talk to us a little bit about that also, Nathan? Well, yes, uh, we do have a big annual conference every year at uh, our ministry, and uh, we host it and uh, hold it at a local hotel or event center, and we're going to have a lot of great guests coming, uh, uh, and the topic is all centered around uh, America and its rebellion, you know, a message for the nations is the theme. And so uh, you can, folks can come here, and uh, they can attend that conference in July, or they could watch it through their churches, uh, in, like, say, Calvary Chapel Aventura, which... Yes, uh, you'll be hosting it as a streaming conference, and they can also watch it on their computers as well if they can't make it into the Dallas area. But uh, we invite everybody to come check out this Bible prophecy conference and really get to know what's going on in the world as it relates to Bible prophecy. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan, and we're so looking forward to being part of that somehow as the Lord will. Nathan, one thing that I do love about your ministry, also Dr. Reagan, there is that you guys never. I never hear you guys always, uh, like certain ministries, always asking for funds and money and all that. 
But I wanted to ask you, how awesome way, though, that we can get involved, especially those that are viewing or watching? I know that uh, you also request a lot of prayer partners, right, as well. Well, the foundation of our ministry, what makes our ministry able to function is what's called our Prophecy Partner Program. Our Prophecy Partners are people who partner with us, both in prayer and financial giving, and to help us uh, reach people for Jesus Christ. And they are the most loyal uh, students of the Bible. They love the Lord. They, they love the idea and the promise of the soon return. And so they partner with us and help us get the gospel out. And brother, without them, we wouldn't even have a ministry. So praise the Lord for each and every one of our prophecy partners. Oh, praise the Lord. That's what we encourage those individuals that are watching. Your ministry is a lot like ours, Nathan. We're not, you, people never find us always hitting them up for money. Uh, you know, so it's kind of neat because people say, well, how do you do it? Well, we trust the Lord and we do depend on those that pray and not support it. Right, Nathan? Amen, brother. Those ministries that are asking for money all the time, they are just not understanding how it works. And that's <laughs> where you trust in the Lord and He will provide. <laughs> I love that. That's why I really love the wonderful work that you guys are doing. And Nathan, also, as we switched gears, uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, we did our first segment uh, looking at this incredible prophecy of the suffering servant. And uh, you were taking us through Isaiah chapter 53. And in Isaiah chapter 53, we have one of the most profound prophecies that are oftentimes misunderstood by many. And I wanted to see if you can take us through that journey, maybe recapping for us there some of the things that you share with us and maybe reading a portion of those scriptures in case someone that is tuned in doesn't have a Bible or was not part of the first program. Would you be able to take us through that journey, Nathan? Oh, I'd love to, man, because Isaiah 53 is one of the greatest chapters in all of the Bible. It is the prophecy of Jesus' first coming and how he died on the cross. Now, Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus' first coming, during the time of King Hezekiah. And Isaiah was one of the, the major prophets. He had a very long book in the Bible, lots of prophecies, but one of the most important of all the chapters in his book was the prophecies about the suffering servant, how the Messiah would come and he would die for the sins of mankind. And what a concept. I mean, most people think of Messiah as kings. And when Jesus did come, they were expecting a Messiah who would lead them in a war against the Romans and set up his kingdom. And that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was to defeat the sin and death by dying on the cross. And then later, and we're still waiting for this for him to come back, and in that glory as that king, defeat evil and set up his kingdom on this earth. Wow, Nathan, you know, what a great point you're making because we find that the, the Muslim, the Islamic movement is bent on conquest by force, yet that's not what we see here in Isaiah 53. Not at all. You can't chop your heads off all the way across the world and expect there to be anybody left to have a kingdom. You know, it, it, the kingdom of Jesus Christ is about uh, peace and redemption and love, and he wins each convert one heart at a time, not by the sword, but by the Word of God. And the Word of God can reach people's hearts. The, the Word of God penetrates the heart, dividing the soul and thunder, you know, reaching into us and, and changing our lives. We repent of our sins, we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we get a new life, and then we are a member of His kingdom to come. His spiritual kingdom now is earthly kingdom, which we're waiting for it to come. And it all began when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, mm. rose again, and beat death. And that, brother, is what Isaiah 53 is all about. Wow, what a wonderful way to put it, Nathan, because this is what we find, this incredible picture of what a true servant really is, one that is willing to lay down his life 
for those uh, that are following him. You know, Nathan, it's so interesting. Just on my way here this morning, I stopped by a local Starbucks in the area. I know that's shocking to you. You didn't know that I drank coffee, right? Oh, you, what is it, your fifth or sixth visit that day? <laughs> <laughs> but Nathan, on my way there, I ran into an ex-co-worker of mine, and uh, we were sitting down, and the Holy Spirit orchestrated where I was able to share uh, Christ with him right there at Starbucks. He accepted the Lord. He was weeping for wow. Jesus. And, uh, and, you know, Nathan, and that's, what, that's why the, the Lord that you and I serve, he is a real God, right, Nathan? He reveals to people wherever they are. And we don't go around pushing or uh, forcing people into our relationship with him, but we just simply share the Holy Spirit does the rest, right? Amen, brother. Wow, that is a great story. I, I just hope that we all get opportunities to share Jesus like we've been able to there. And, but yeah, it's the Holy Spirit of, of God you know, that works in people's hearts and, and pulls them towards them and then waits for them to either give their lives to, to Jesus Christ or not. You know, We have the free will to make that decision. God doesn't force himself on anyone. As our founder, Dr. Ray, here at the ministry says, God the gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody, and he doesn't. Now, you're right, uh, other religions force themselves on the people at the point of uh, swords. You know, if you don't accept, you're dead. Right. And that's not the way Jesus Christ does it. Jesus Christ builds his kingdom one heart, one soul at a time, and he does it through the work of the Holy Spirit. And it couldn't happen unless Jesus was willing to give his life up for us on the cross and beat death by being resurrected. And that, and like we said, is Isaiah 53. Wow. And Nathan, would you be able to read for us verses 1 through 5 again before you continue to take us through this journey? Maybe for someone out there that is not familiar with the story? I'd be happy to. I'll read it uh, this time in the NIV. Uh, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Mm, wow. What a beautiful passage and what an encouragement. By his wounds we were healed, right? Nathan healed from all sorts of depression and, and vices and afflictions. And when we come to Christ, he took that on himself for, our, for us. That's love. Exactly. And this is what blows my mind whenever I read uh, Isaiah 53. you got to remember, this was written 700 years before wow. Jesus came. 700 and yet it goes into great detail about how Jesus suffered and died for our sins. And Jesus fulfilled it exactly 100% right, proving that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. Amazing. And, and it's interesting, Nathan, because of course we have some uh, uh, groups out there that still don't believe that this uh, message is talking about an individual, like many Jewish people, right, Nathan? Uh, you know, they could try to spiritualize it away, and it, when it's kind of confusing when they call it a tender shoot or a root out of dry ground, you know, they get confused. But again, that's imagery to, to point the fact that, you know, Jesus came as a, as a human, as a baby. Yes. And he raised up just like, like us. He, it's like, if you want to understand how an ant thinks, then as a human, you couldn't do it. But if you go become an ant, you can talk to other ants. 
And that's what God had to do. He sent his son who became human and took on flesh so that he could live and understand everything like humanity and he could talk to us and interact with us so that we could understand him. Because man, there's a lot about God, a lot that I don't understand. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we can understand God so much better. Nathan, that is a good point. And, and it's an ever-learning, wonderful journey and relationship. Uh, I'm so glad that I don't know everything. I'm so glad that God is revealing his wonders every day. It gives me something to look forward to, to get up in the morning. I said, God surprised me today, right, Nathan? Right, right. And, and you got that word perfect, relationship. It's about relationship. Like you, you point out with, some, with all the other religions, it's about a distant, unknowing, uncaring God, or sometimes no God at all. And uh, you have to work your way in, into his good grace that he might let you into paradise. But with Christianity, with, with the true God, Jehovah God, he sent his own son to reach out to us and then sacrificed him so that the punishment for our sins that were on us moved to Jesus Christ when we accept him as Savior. And then we can stand before God. That, see, that's what God wants. He wants a relationship with us. And, but to get it, our sins had to be dealt with and dealt with by Jesus dying on the cross on our place. So, wow. I mean, what a love the Father has lavished upon us. That is awesome. And Nathan, and that's why we encourage anyone out there that if they don't have a relationship with the Lord, they can start that relationship today or, or even right now. And I know, Nathan, we're only like halfway into the program, but maybe you can share with that person that is watching or listening that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, how they can start that relationship early with Him. Well, first we have to understand that we are sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we're not perfect, man. None of us are. <laughs> right. And we sin, and we got to admit that. We're sinners. But Romans 6, 23 says that sin is important. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So our sin has given us the death sentence. Our rebellion against God has put us under the, uh, an eternal punishment. But the gift of God is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Mm. So he died for us so that he could take away our sins. First John 3, 5 says, But you know that he appeared so he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. In other words, Jesus is perfect. He's the perfect sinless sacrifice, and by him dying in our place, then we could put our faith and trust in him. And when we pray, oh, Lord, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Jesus promises to take away both the, the punishment for the sin and the eternal death that comes with that and give us eternal life. Thank you so much, Nathan. And you know, as I share with you this morning, this gentleman, Sylvester, uh, uh, that I ran into, led him to the Lord, and he prayed those exact words. And the joy that comes to someone's heart and faith, Nathan, it, it, it's, it's just amazing. And what a privilege it is that we get to share this good news with people, right? You know, you're causing me to sin right now because I am so envious of you getting this opportunity to, to share the gospel and seeing him come to the Lord. And, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. At least I'm a web minister, so I get to talk to people all over the world, but it's usually third hand, and of course, you know, people I interact with. But, man, I envy you pastors who are there day in and day out seeing people face to face 
sharing the gospel and seeing come to the Lord. That is just awesome. Well, well, you know, Nathan, actually, uh, fruit goes to all of our accounts because we know it's divine appointments, and that's how God works it, right, Nathan? So no one can get credit in a sense, but we can, <laughs> we can just rejoice, right? That we, you, and yeah, I, yeah. you and I now have an opportunity here over TV, over radio, uh, to reach the multitudes over the Internet. And who knows? We might not find out, Nathan, maybe from a year from now or so, what this program did to someone. I sure hope so, man. I sure hope it was. Matter of fact, uh, we actually had a, uh, yesterday a woman named Cecilia from Uruguay, I mean, South America, Uruguay, who wrote in and saying that a friend of hers, uh, along with materials that our ministry had produced, had helped her accept Jesus Christ as Savior. So wow. we rejoice. We don't know where we plant the seed, but it's the Holy Spirit who, who makes it, who waters it, and makes it grow, and brings people to know Jesus as their Savior. And so I think that should encourage all those who are listening to your show who are believers in Christ that you might feel down that, well, you know, uh, all this effort to share the gospel and I'm not seeing fruit. Well, you might not see the fruit now, but the Lord is, is planting it and it might grow months or years later, but it will grow. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Excellent point. And of course, again, for those of you that are watching or tuned in, maybe you just tuned in now, you're tuned in to the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the suffering servant in Isaiah chapter 53. Our lines are open. The local number is 305-992-9537. You can text in or call in with your questions or your comments. Those of you that are watching us live via Twitcasting, you can actually post your questions or your comments right there on the screen, and we will definitely answer that question for you or pray if you have a prayer request. So Nathan, you're taking us to Isaiah 53, and we get to verse 6 and on. And can you uh, continue to open these scriptures up for us? Because it is apparent here that, you know, the Bible clearly says that every one of us really turned from God. There was none of us that were actually following Him. And as you're expounding the scripture for us, Nathan, can you continue to take us through there, those verses? Certainly. Well, again, we read in verse 5 that, that the Messiah would be pierced for our transgressions, in other words, our sins. He would, he would be beaten and flogged and then crucified and mocked, and he did that for us. And the reason is because, verse 6, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity, in other words, are the sins of us all. So we're like sheep, man. Sheep are going all over the place. They need a sheep dog, and they need a shepherd to keep them all wrangled up, and, and that's how we are. We we don't stay with the shepherd. The shepherd loves the sheep and he takes care of the sheep. But we as humans, we want to do our own thing. We want to go our own way. And when we do that, he puts us in danger of the wolves and the lions who would eat us and kill us. And uh, so the Lord wants to bring us back and have that relationship with him. And that's because we're like a bunch of sheep. <laughs> and sheep, <laughs> sheep are not the smartest animals, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I... I you got to wonder if God wouldn't put a little commentary in there when he compared it to sheep. But yeah, they're not. They're not. They're really, they're the only animals that have no self-defense whatsoever. They are 100% dependent on mankind to defend them. And uh, that is a great example of us. We think we're all tough and we can handle it ourselves. And then a little trouble comes in our lives and we realize, well, I can't handle this. And that's usually when we call out to God for help. And Nathan, isn't that awesome? And that's how God wanted us to, for us to be dependent on Him, not of our strength. We've never seen a sheep doing kung fu, right? Or self defense. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picturing that. That was great. <laughs> but you, you, you actually made a good point, Nathan. They don't have any defense system. In other words, they're totally dependent on their shepherd. And Jesus Christ is our guide and our great shepherd, right? 
It's true. Amen, brother. You know, Nathan, I, I really love this passage because, uh, I mean, it's just so much there. And uh, as uh, you're taking us through, we also notice uh, the following verses, verse 7 and on, that, again, it's talking about a person uh, that was afflicted, right, Nathan? Not a nation. Exactly. It, it's he singular. It's, it's not a representation of a people group or anything. It's definitely a messianic passage. And Isaiah gave many messianic passages when Jesus came the first time, you know, the, the Sanhedrin, the, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, they looked back to the prophets to understand what the Messiah was like, and then they judged Jesus not qualified, because they hadn't seen him crucified yet. Uh, even Jesus' own brothers, uh, half-brothers, had rejected him because they didn't see him. They thought he was a nut. And then Jesus suffered, just like Isaiah 53 prophesied, and Jesus rose from the dead, and that made them realize, oh, this is the true Messiah. So... We can look back now, we have the benefit of looking back and saying, Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of these verses perfectly and in detail. Mm, that is amazing. And Nathan, that's why we love the Word of God and we love Bible prophecy. And I, I, I really encourage people, those that are watching and those that are listening, to take time to dig through the Word of God and, uh, and allow the Holy Spirit to show them the reality of the Word. Because here we find, again, as you were saying, Nathan, uh, this is an incredible passage, and clearly it's talking about an individual because we see oftentimes it's talking about a he, right? Exactly, yes. Nathan, also I know that we only have a few minutes left to this first segment uh, of the oh. program, but I really uh, believe that this is a passage, again, that not enough people take the time to study it and uh, the prophecy of the Messiah and can you also talk to us a little bit about why is it, Nathan, again, that the Jewish people don't see this uh, as talking about an individual? Well, the, the Jewish view of the Messiah is, is actually interesting. It's, it's twofold. It's that they don't believe in one Messiah, but they actually kind of believe in two Messiahs. One they believe is that the Messiah will be a just an average person whom the Holy Spirit will come upon, kind of like Samson. You know, Samson would do his thing, right. and yeah. the Holy Spirit would be super strong, and he'd lead them in the victory. And that's the Messiah the Jewish people, even today, are looking for. They think it could be any guy that the Holy Spirit will come on and, and lead them to victory against their enemies. And uh, that's not the Messiah that the Bible is talking about. The Messiah is talking about uh, the spiritual Messiah, uh, the God himself who would come down and rescue them, and he will. Uh, there's a seven-year tribulation coming upon the world, and it says that only a third of the Jewish people will be left. Another holocaust is coming. And when Jesus comes in his second coming, uh, I believe it's Matthew 5, says that they will look on him whom they have pierced and weep and wail and mourn, because they will realize that Jesus was the Messiah. They missed him 2,000 years ago. The blinders are on the Jewish people, many of them right now, they won't understand who the Messiah is until Jesus actually comes back. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's what the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 9, that a great deceiver will come and him they will follow. Yes, that's talking about the Antichrist, this one world leader who will provide seven years of protection for Israel, but only three and a half years. He'll then break his covenant with them, will desecrate the temple when they rebuild the temple, and uh, then they'll realize that that's a false Messiah. And so the Lord is really, he hasn't given up on the Jewish people. He's made promises to them that a remnant of them will come to know him as Savior. And uh, there's a lot that's going to come ahead in Bible prophecy that talks about uh, that they'll have to endure before Jesus returns and a, a remnant, a third of them, accept Jesus as Savior. 
Wow. And we know there is that hope, but in the meantime, we see that they're still blinded. Uh, like many people, and not only the Jews, Nathan, but anyone that doesn't trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're just as blind, right? Right. It's not just for the Jews, it's the Gentiles, too. And this is the age of the Gentiles. The Lord has given us the gospel, and the Gentiles are primarily sharing it. There are some Messianic Jews. Uh, but that time will be coming soon to an end. The tribulation come, and both Jew and Gentile, the focus will be back on the Jews, bringing them to know Jesus as their Savior. Mm. Excellent. Well, Nathan, I can't believe that our first segment is pretty much over. <laughs> but uh, uh, I hope next week you let us keep going through Isaiah 53. Uh, absolutely. We definitely will, Nathan, because oh, uh, it's just an amazing passage. And, you know, as they say, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> Brother, you always make it fun. <laughs> well, Nathan, thank you for being part of this first segment of the program. It's always a joy to have you on. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And of course, we want to encourage those of you that are watching to stay tuned as we're going to go on a break and we will be right back. Thank you for tuning in to our program, Dignities of Nathan Jones, as we've been talking about the prophecy of the suffering servant. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a wonderful day.